Three, two. Welcome back to episode 18 of the Double Down Podcast presented by Waterwave. Today is Friday, February 17th, and I'm excited to be back giving you guys another episode. Uh, we're now on episode four of season two, uh, and we're getting some great feedback and great interaction. Uh, and I can't wait to grow the pod with all of you guys. So I just want to say thank you and uh, you know appreciate you guys' support. Uh, continue to listen because we're going to have you know guests on uh, week after week and, and bring in even uh, you know great guests every single week. And uh, today's a great episode with another great guest. So uh, I'm excited for you guys to, to listen to this one. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can see that we're back here in the studio. Uh, it's been a couple weeks with you know travel and, and the holiday season, but we're excited to be back here in the studio in Minneapolis, uh, you know, coming to you guys live from Waterwave. Um, but first, before we get into this interview, uh, we're going to head into the Double Down weekly wrap-up. Uh, so I had mentioned last week to you guys that, uh, you know, I had a doctor's appointment coming up. Uh, so I had my seven-month doctor's appointment checkup last week. Uh, got really good news from the doctor. Um, I'm at about 86% comparison from my left knee to my right knee um, in terms of the leg in general, all the muscles and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm in a really good place. You know, I'm in, um, I'm on the fourth week of sprinting. Um, so actually yesterday was my first time sprinting, um, felt really good, you know, legs been feeling really good. Um, and I, uh, actually started kind of getting on the court, you know, a little bit for the past couple weeks. Um, basic movements, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basic movements, but you know, it feels good. Um, I think any Hooper knows like when you come back from, from an injury, just that, that, getting the ball in your hand and being on the court is, um, you know, it's, it's a blessing. So, uh, that was big for me. Um, but you know, we're excited to, to continue to grow and just, you know, just get healthy and, you know, get more time on the court. You're only getting 20 minutes right now, but, uh, with that, it's going to grow and going to get more time and, you know, just excited, uh, for that process. But with all that being said, I'm excited to head into our interview today, which is presented by Royalty. Make sure you head to royaltyfam.com and shop their new line of sportswear. DM us at double underscore down underscore pod for a 10% off code. Now let's get into our interview. Today's guest is a former top 50 high school recruit. The four-star went on to an illustrious career at the University of Minnesota, where he was eventually named a third-team All-American. He went on to become the 33rd overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft and is now a current member of the Windy City Bulls, a personal friend of mine and a friend of the podcast, Daniel Turu. Uh, hey. There we go. There we go, Dan. There we go, Dan. My guy. Excited to have you on. Um, you know, been been in the works for sure. Uh, you know, NBA break. You know, uh, All Star break is here, so get a little time off back at home. Um, but I want to, I want to, I want to bring it back. Let's go back. Um, you know, your come up. You know, probably probably had a bunch of sports growing up. You know, a lot of people know the story of of your dad. Um, you know, but but basketball became your sport. Um, when did when did when did basketball kind of when did you know like hey I'm gonna be a hooper like basketball is kind of kind of what I want to do? Yeah, man. You know, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for having me on yeah, for, for sure. sure. You know, you know, it's an honor. You know, I'm very appreciative of being able to come on here and talk. You know. Yeah. Um. Well, to answer your question, I would definitely say maybe when I was around like uh, fourth grade, fifth grade mm-hmm. is when I first started hooping. And um, kind of then, kind of from there on, like each year after that, I kept playing traveling. Um, I'm from Woodbury, so I started playing traveling ball with uh, a Stillwater traveling team and um, some kids from my middle school. You know, and then year after that, you know, I just kept getting better, yeah. growing. You know, um, each year I was having more fun with it. And, you know, that's around that time and that age. Is when I kind of knew that this is something that I this is my dream, but it's something I actually want to really do. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you started pursuing it type of deal where it's like, you know, you're playing for fun, but you know, and then you look at your size too, you know, what's, what's going to happen with your size? Like, you know, I got a hoop. I got right. a hoop. Um, right. Yeah. So, you know, you take it into high school, you, you decide to leave Stillwater um, and you go to Creighton Durham Hall. Um, you know, you finish with the, you know, a great career at Creighton Durham Hall. Um, you, you know, the school's leader in points, rebounds and blocks. You scored over 2000 points. You helped the Laders, uh, the Raiders to a 4A state championship with a, you know, a game winning dunk over Trey Jones. Um, take us to the early days of Creighton. Um, that kind of process to decide to go to Creighton. Um, obviously for Minnesota basketball, you know, high school basketball fans know Creighton, uh, you know, is, is a great program, great coaches, you know, guys like Trey Hallman, you know, other guys went through that program. Yeah. Um, take us kind of through that decision to go to Creighton and, and why you think it was the best for, for your development. You know, honestly, um, it all started when I was in eighth grade. When I went to the high school state tournament, mm -hmm. I saw, um, you know, if I'm being honest, I had never heard of Creighton before I got yeah. to that state tournament game mm -hmm. when they played uh, Lakeville North mm -hmm. and uh, J.P. McCure. Yeah. I watched that game with two of my buddies, um, and – I just seeing the atmosphere of that game, and um, I knew some of the coaches on the staff because they worked for the AAU program that I played for, Howard mm -hmm. Pulley. And so um, that kind of piqued my interest in going there just because um, I was like, it could be a dope experience. Yeah, sure. I never went to private school. I went to public school all mm -hmm. um, growing up, elementary, yeah. middle school, and all that. And so um, afterwards... That state tournament game, they ended up losing, and I was talking to my parents about it. I'm like, I want a shadow because they have a shadow program. So, like, yeah. you can go and you follow a student around your age mm -hmm. for a day and you eat lunch with them. You go to their classes. Mm -hmm. You you know, you meet their friends. Yeah. And a bunch of stuff. And so, I wanted to take, a, like, a shadow day. And um, I can't remember who I shadowed, but when I ended up shadowing, it was a really, like, fun time. Like, I saw the school. It was cool. It's a smaller school. Like, it's a big school as in, like, uh, building size. But um, student population is probably, like, a little under a 1,000 kids. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's not as a little different from a typical high school where mm -hmm. you have probably a couple thousand plus. Yeah. And I like that feel of, like, um, how small it was. Mm -hmm. And so um, I ended up applying and I got accepted in. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, that's pretty much how I ended up going to Creighton. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, obviously it ended up being probably a great decision for you. You know, yeah, we, sure. we mentioned that, you know, that state championship run, um, you actually had, you know, just a crazy play at the buzzer. I remember it like, uh, you know, like it was yesterday I was watching that game. Um, you just went up for that, that alley-oop lob dunk yeah. and you brought it down against a guy like Trey Jones, who you probably played, you know, you played Howard Pulley with a bunch. You played a lot of games with kind of just take us through that moment, you know, the excitement of winning a state championship and just yeah. like the emotions you kind of felt. For sure, you know, um, um, basically, like, you know, that's an unforgettable moment for sure, you know. Yeah. That year, my senior, that was my senior year, so that year we had a lot of fuel, mm -hmm. you know, to our fire. Just because we felt like the year before, prior, we ended up losing in the first round, but we felt like we were good enough to win it that year as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and so we wanted to come back, our senior, like, the main core guys yeah. were all seniors. Yeah. And we were like, we want to go out on top, yeah. you know, and that. That first round loss from the year prior, like, really motivated us to be, like, you know, we want to go out here and kill everybody we, that's For in sure. front of us. For sure. And so, um, you know, talking about that specific play, you know, it, it kind of, like, is a blur to me a little bit because mm -hmm. um, we had drew up a complete different play. Oh, really? 
and the play got broken because the inbounds pass was tipped. Mm -hmm. And so, fortunately enough, my teammate, Cy Chapman, was able to get the loose ball and outlet it to my point guard, Ryan Larson. And Ryan is super fast. One of the fastest dudes, man. Yeah, super fast guard for sure. And he literally got down down the court so quick and – um, that his decision to throw the lob is really, I feel like goes, I feel like everybody knows the dunk, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But his play to be able to mentally have that focus of like, he's open and I could toss it to him and yep. he can dunk it. Yep. Like that play goes really underrated. Cause if, you know, him not be him, not having that recognition, we don't win the state championship. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously a guy like you can catch lobs in different positions, but also yeah. it's, you got to deliver an on time and an accurate pass. Fact. And, you know, you look at a guy like Ryan, who's, you know, not Charleston, who's having yeah. a great year, you know, he's, his development was unbelievable as a player. And, for you sure. know, a guy for that, sure. you know, when I was at Northern, I remember our coaches wanted Ryan really bad, you know, as a D2 guy. Yeah. And now he's at, you know, now he's on a top 25 team in, in the country. Starting point guard. Yeah, starting point guard for Charleston. It's like, you know, he makes that kind of play and it's like you know you going with a championship off that play Literally, you know yeah like, it's exciting his efforts on that play are definitely go underrated but not by me though I, <laughs> you got I your guy for yeah, sure you got your for guy sure. for sure um you know obviously your your senior year you know ended with a bang um but kind of take us through your recruiting process yeah. um obviously you, you know you were top 50 recruit four star um you know recruited by a lot of schools kind of take us through through your process you know probably started what sophomore year yeah, like, for sure, uh, freshman, sophomore year, you know, I started getting letters from schools, you know, mm-hmm. them little recruitment letters. Oh, yeah. yep. They don't really mean nothing, but, Showing you know, a little love. It, yeah, it's definitely a little nice to, like, you know, you hear from a school that you're like, man, I watch these guys on TV, yep. you know, yep. and they send me a letter recognizing my game a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I would say around freshman year, sophomore year, I started getting letters and stuff. And then I would say towards the end of my f- sophomore year, uh, want to say around like june mm-hmm. uh, i can't remember what year that is but um i had got my first official offer from uh the university of northern iowa okay and um that was pretty cool to me because yeah. growing up i used to go to their team camps all the time my mm-hmm. aau team we used to play yep. at their team camp the uni team camp and so um i was like man that's cool so like yeah um they've been obviously watching me since i was a young like, since i was probably like seventh grade yeah and um, now they're giving me a scholarship offer. Mm-hmm. And so that first kind of, that first offer gave me a sigh of relief, kind of like, man, now I, like, I have a sense of direction, Yeah, you know? And so, like, it only motivated me to even work even harder mm-hmm. because I knew that, like, where I wanted to end up um, ultimately was coming to school here. Mm-hmm. And so I, I felt like in order for me to have an opportunity to play in the Big Ten and play for my home state, yeah, there was I had to get a lot better. Yeah, for sure. So... Yeah, you know, you talk about that trajectory, you know, as a player. Um, but I feel like in the back of your mind, you kind of knew, like, you kind of wanted to go to Minnesota. You yeah, know, was that, was sure. that kind of a process that you felt as well? For sure. I've always wanted to be a gopher, for sure. You know, just because um, I'm a homebody. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a guy that's um, lived here my entire life, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the environment here. I like the people here. I like, yeah. the, like um, the opportunity to play basketball at a, on a stage like that yeah. was um is very hard to pass up mm-hmm. in my opinion you know a lot of players feel different but um ultimately later on that sophomore that summer going into my junior years when my recruitment started picking up yeah i started getting offers 
from I got my official home uh homestay offer from the Gophers, um Baylor, Kansas, a whole bunch of schools for mm-hmm. sure. And so um the recruitment process in general was kind of it was it was a lot honestly because mm-hmm. I I'm really like I don't know like people probably close to me would probably describe me as more of like an introverted person mm-hmm. you know communicating with people all the time isn't yeah. I'm bad at that like mm-hmm. I, I'm really bad at texting back um and that's part of like you know as you went through the recruitment process as well like yeah always having to be on a phone with the coach it's overwhelming sometimes yeah it, got, it gets overwhelming for sure and so like I didn't I took maybe like one visit mm-hmm. that was to Nebraska okay that was an unofficial visit too mm-hmm. so um took a visit to Nebraska and at this time by that time I probably had like five or six different offers from yeah. like um pretty big schools honestly other than Northern Iowa it was yeah. like Minnesota, Kansas, Baylor, Nebraska all power five conferences uh Providence Big, big East yep. you know and so um schools list wasn't wasn't really large but it was I felt like the quality of the schools yeah. is what um like would represent me as a player kind of that quality over quantity type of deal yeah, yeah. type, yeah. type yeah. shit you yeah. know what i'm saying like um not too many offers but the schools that had offered me you know like i said like power five schools so and they were probably on you all the time as well too, yeah for you know? sure i was talking to man i was talking to like a different coach each and every day yeah you know michigan state um just a bunch of people, you know, just always communicating with me, mm-hmm. expressing their um, interest in me as a player. Yeah. You know, and so it was, It ultimately looking back, it was a really fun experience, yeah. you know. At the time, it didn't feel fun mm-hmm. just because it was really overwhelming. But stressful, yeah. Stressful for sure. But, you know, looking back, it's like, it's dope, you know. You only get to go through it once in your life. Yeah. Um. Did that kind of, did that make it harder or easier for you to know that you wanted to go to Minnesota with all the, you know, the love that you got? Uh, it it made it easier, you know, because um, I had so I was I'm really close with uh, Amir Coffee yep. and Jarvis Johnson, mm-hmm. who were already uh, students and players here on campus yeah. at the U, and so I was always hanging out with them, talking to them, especially um, when I would have like like I would come visit here all the time, like come to games all the time, and I would yeah. kick it with them after the games and stuff like that. So, like, throughout high school, I already felt like I was already on the team. Yeah. Like, I was already on the team. I knew pretty much everybody. Like, I knew, like, my freshman year, I would know everybody on the team already. Yeah. And um, Eric Curry, a guy that I got really close with, too. Yep. Um, that's my buddy. And those guys, you know, they already made, they made me feel part of the fam already. Yeah. And so that's what made my, like, decision even easier, like, um, not to take any visits to anywhere else because I already knew where I kind of wanted to go. Yeah. And so um, when it came down to it, I think I committed to the U, like, middle of my junior season. Okay. So, like, pretty early yeah. for, like, a decision. Really, yeah, really early. Yeah. 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 And so um, that's, what made it, that's what made it easy for me. I'm like, man. And not only that, like, the coaches, too, like, Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't – did Ed coach you? I didn't coach me. He left the the year I was here, but I, yeah. I've heard really great things yeah. about Ed Coach Conroy. Conroy. Shout out yeah. to Ed Conroy, man. Yeah. That's that's a that's a really beautiful family. Good good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ed, um, his wife, um, Hunt. You got Hunt there yeah. too. The Saints fan himself. Saints fan himself. Yeah, but, you know. You know 
for sure. Be- beautiful family, for sure. You know, Ed and uh, Coach Ed and Ben, like, recruiting me really heavily. Mm-hmm. They would always show up to my school, you know, because I think Creighton-Durham uh, high school campus is probably, like, 15 minutes yeah, from campus here. Yeah, right in St. Paul, yeah. Yeah, right in St. Paul. And so, um, um, they recruited me really heavily. You know, I was talking to them. I was talking to them more than any coach any from any staff, you yeah. know, um, outside of the U. And so, um, they made it really easy um, for me to be like, why, wh- where else would I go? Yeah, you know, these exactly. are my people right here. Exactly. And that's how I kind of felt too, yeah. with the same process. And ironically, you know, coach Johnson was recruiting you as an assistant at yeah, the U and then he was recruiting me as a head. So it was like, he yeah. kind of, he kind of gave me the same message where it was like, dude, imagine going somewhere else and Literally. thinking about what it would be like if you were at the U. You that's know? what I'd be saying. Yeah. Like, and it's like, why would you not, why would you not be here? You know, fact, you know, in my opinion, you know, as a basketball player, we, we want, we all dream of playing at the highest level, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and that's obviously the NBA, not even just the NBA, just professionally in general, yeah. you know, you want to play at, at a high level, either it's in the NBA, G League, Euro League, yeah. overseas, it doesn't matter, we want to be able to play this game at a high level versus yeah. great competitors, mm-hmm. and I feel like, you know, as a Minnesota kid, it didn't matter where I went to school, yeah. because at the end of the day, the end goal is still the same, mm-hmm. and, if I, in my mind, I was like, if I take care of my business and do what I'm supposed to do, yeah, regardless of where I'm playing that, mm-hmm. I can reach my end goal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, you're able to do that, obviously, through the University of Minnesota. And yeah. me as a, you know, a Minnesota fan, you know, thank you for coming to the U because you made it fun <laughs> for me to watch, you know, yeah, just watch, watching your development as, as a player um, was phenomenal. Just the way, I mean, you obviously had a great freshman year, but the way that, you know, you turned into your sophomore year and just became a prolific scorer at the elbow, you know, in the post, yeah. you know, blocking shots. It was just fun to watch. But, you know, we talked about your freshman year, you know, headed into your freshman year. Um, I was actually talking to Coach Felly this morning. Um, um, you know, talking about your shoulder, yeah. um, you know, you're, you you ended up tearing your labrum. You broke several bones in your in your right shoulder. Yeah. Uh, kind of take us through that injury initially, kind of what happened, you know, a little story yeah, behind yeah, that. For sure. You know, um, I would say it was right after we won the state championship. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like spring break. And after we came back from spring break, um, I had to leave um, school for like a week because I, um, I was invited to the Nike Hoop Summit. Yeah. And so um, I was able to go represent my my family's home country, Nigeria, as a, a part of the world team versus Beautiful. the USA team. Yeah. Um, it was a really fun experience out in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, and so leading up to that week, how it set how it set up is I don't know how they do it now, but it's been a couple of years. But basically, like you practice all week, the games on like Friday, so you probably get there on Sunday, practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. Yep. And um, no crazy, no none, none crazy, you know. Just trying to get acclimated to each of your teammates and stuff like that. Yeah. And then um, you play the game on Friday, so I think it's probably middle of the week, like third practice of the week. Um, we're playing. I think we're doing like a three v three drill, and I was able to beat my guy off the dribble, and I was gonna go to the lane and dunk the ball. Um, big fella on my team. What's the name again? He play at Oregon. Uh, I think he's still playing there. Yeah, still playing there. He had a monster dunk earlier in the year this year. And Dante, Folly Dante, that's the name. Okay, here you go. You got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great player, by the way. You know, shout out him if he ever sees this. But um, he came over and you know, as a big like we were rim protectors, we're trying to protect the rim. He came over, tried to block my shot, 
um, ended up missing the ball, but hit my arm. Mm. And so, like, kind of threw my arm out of place. So for a second, I'm laying there. I'm like, it hurts like a motherfucker, but yeah. I'm like, okay, it's cool, it's whatever. And then afterwards, like, after I, like, you know, I settled a little bit, like, I could barely lift my arm up. It was like, every time I tried, it would be intense pain. Yeah. So I ended up getting an MRI on my arm and um, some x-rays. And they're like, yeah, like, you tore your labrum. And there's a lot of bones broken around in your shoulder, like in the socket or whatever. I don't know how they explained it. Mm-hmm. But um, I ended up having to get surgery later that month. This is in April. So, like, later in April, I ended up having to get surgery. Um, and, you know, it, it sucked for sure because I think in May is when I graduated from school. And mm-hmm. so, like, I moved into campus in June. And by this time, like... I've been, this, after I had surgery, I go through surgery, you know, surgery, I mean, obviously you're knocked out, but yeah. um, afterwards, you know, I feel like that's probably the only time, like for a week is probably like when I was only, the only time I was really emotional about it, mm-hmm. just because I was just like, man, like I never had to deal with anything yeah. like this before mm-hmm. where I can't play basketball yeah. and I can't use a part of my body. Mm-hmm. Like I was in a sling for about four months and, um, I can only use my left hand for things, and even in basketball, a lot of, anybody that's played with me will make jokes about how I never use my left. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so it was very difficult trying to do things like hold my phone. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I could barely play video games, and any I love video games. Yeah. Um, couldn't do anything really, and then after that, after that week, two week uh, period, you know. And then finishing up my uh, high school year, my senior year of high school, and then moving on to campus. I think once I got to campus is when I started to feel real good again. Yeah. Just because um, I was around my guys like Gabe and Jarvis who came in with me as freshmen who mm-hmm. are also Minnesota guys. Yeah. And um, they were able – I was able to, you know, um, they were able to help me. They Like, like their presence lifted up my spirit, you know, yeah. being able to meet Marcus Carr and yeah. – um, having um, to this day a great relationship with that guy um, and you know being around them, them dudes you know helped me get over my injury you know yeah. because I saw how hard they were working you know in a weight room on a court you know during the you know like yeah. the summer workouts and stuff like that that only motivated me harder you know through my rehab to get back into the you know my form and heal, heal my uh, speed up the healing process I could help uh, get back and help my guys you know yeah no for sure and I think you know I me and Isaiah obviously both hurt right now but we kind of you know go through the same thing when when you're a part of a team yeah. you know when you see other people working not only do you want to get better for yourself but you want to get better so you can help those guys fact, you know fact. and I think that's that's the true testament of a of a real competitor is a guy that you know puts himself aside and is like hey how can I help you know help myself out in order to help the team out you know and we talk we talk a lot about you know, when you're going through, you know, the shitty dog days of cardio, like taking your mind off yourself yeah. and putting on your teammates. And then, you know, that's able to, you know, take you a little bit farther and you're able to go a little bit farther. Um, but, you know, you talk about those dog days of surgery and, you know, oftentimes as basketball players, we find so much solace in just like having a basketball in our hands, you know, yeah. just like being able to, to you know, do something physical. That's a fact. That's a you fact. know, and it was taken away from you. How were you kind of able to... You know, obviously not, you know, get over it, but how were you able to kind of like deal with those tough mental, mental days? Was there anything that you leaned on specifically that helped you out? You know, um, my parents, um, 
my parents are, are ordained ministers um at a church that they helped open um about 15 20 years ago mm-hmm. and so um you know like i've been i was raised in a church you know i was raised by par- people my parents are prayer for people prayerful people yeah and so you know you know just leaning uh, leaning back into my religion and my belief in christ yeah. and god you know just praying each and every day of you know just guidance and just um or like just continued strength to push through yeah. you know like you talk about them dog days like like i tore my i tore my labrum they had me doing alter g you yeah. know you got yeah. the alter g machine oh, in for sure. yeah, yeah for like sure. alter, i'm doing alter g i'm sitting here like why am i doing alter g <laughs> when my injuries on my upper body you know like days like that you know just like understanding that this is all part of the process and yeah. just you know staying prayed up and pushing through mm-hmm. is really what helped me you yeah. know and um Ultimately, you know, I was able to like my like the the time frame of when they said I would be would be able to play fully mm-hmm. was a lot shorter, but just because like I put in a lot of work with our trainer yeah. um, Ben Fells, yep. um, he helped me. You know, each and every day I came in doing some, doing uh the little uh, band thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do they call that little that yellow? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? The yellow like thing. It's yeah. like a that's like a like a, it's wing. Like a flex. Like, Baseball players use it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We're I doing this hand motion. We gotta pause, but yeah, pause that, pause that, pause <laughs> that. But uh, some like a bunch of stuff, you know, and being able to just have the mindset of like just keep pushing. Yeah, for sure. Just keep going, you know. And I think that's a, that's a, like a thing in life in general too. Like mm-hmm. you know, like as human beings, we're gonna go through mood swings. You know, not every day is gonna be rainbows and sunshine you know but like the idea of just you know just trying to push through each and every day being better than you were the day before yeah is the idea and the ideology i think that helped me for sure yeah and you talk about you said the word process too which is a you know a word that a lot of people on the pod use um and you mentioned the process you know in turn made the recovery shorter you know so it's less about worrying about the final product but you know indulging yourself in the process every single day and and allowing that to you know bring the timetable down you know i i talked i talked to coach feldy this morning actually um you know kind of about about your injury and he mentioned he's like it's one of the dudes that just could put on muscle mass so fast and the dude that just like you know you know you obviously you hurt your shoulder so you can't do anything you know upper body wise but you know once you're finally able to do that you know you were able to put that you know strength on you know weight room and you know it's, it's a testament to to hard work you know yeah coach felity um he helped me a lot too for sure because i think i came in like probably like a little over 200 pounds like mm-hmm. and ever since i left school like to this day i think i'm around like 235 i've always fluctuated between th- 235 and 240 like yeah, yeah. oh it's my car key sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> but um no, you put on that strength. You know yeah. what I'm saying. You, you're not a, you're not a high schooler no more. You're yeah, in the, you're in the sure. Big Ten. You, you know? know, yeah, you got like playing in the Big Ten. Like anybody knows this. That's around uh, college hoops knows it's a big league. Yeah. And so like, you know, guys gonna come in looking like they're 35 yeah. when they're really like 19, 20, yeah. 21. You know, and so the work in the weight room with Coach Feldy um, really helped, and I really benefited from that for sure. Yeah. No. And yeah. yeah exactly. You know you you're in a spot where it's like, you know, what is my freshman year going to look like? You yeah. know, I just tore my labrum out in Portland. Like I'm, I want to come in and make an impact on a really solid team. You know, yeah. you had a great recruiting class with Minnesota guys like Jarv and, you know, Gabe and mm-hmm. was anybody else in that class? I want to miss nobody. I would tend, I, you could technically say Marcus Carr and yeah, Marcus, Willis yeah, were, true, but true. they were red shirts and, you know, mm-hmm. cause they transferred in. But regardless, you got a lot of talent coming into the to the yeah. gym that year, and you know you yeah. guys want to do a special thing. Um, you right. end up, you know, being ready for your freshman year. You played in thirty five games. You started 
31 of those games. Um, you led the team in blocks with 46. Uh, you, also, you also led the team in field goal percentage at 55.1%. Uh, you ranked second in rebounding with seven and third in scoring with 10.8. Kind of take us through, obviously, you know, a, you know, a solid, you know, freshman year. Um, but you were left off the all big 10 freshman team, you know, yeah. you know, something where you've cited that, you know, motivated, you know, kind of, you know, the next year kind of take us through that year. And then, you know, going into that summer, you know, not making the, you know, at the end of the day, rankings or whatever, awards mm-hmm. or whatever, but being disrespected like that, you know, you kind of take that personally, you know, kind of sure. take us through that process. You know, like I definitely took that personally because I felt like, you know, I had a really good freshman year. I had a good enough year to make the all-freshman team. Yeah. On top of that, you know, my team was a successful team. Went yeah. to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I took that as motivation, you know, because I'm not a guy that's going to sit here and, you know, be like I should be over this guy or anything yeah. like that. You know, congratulations to whoever made it, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you know. But I feel like, you know, whenever I step on the floor, you know, I feel like I have the mindset of I'm trying to be the best player on the floor each yeah. and every night. And so um, I definitely took that as motivation because I felt like I deserved to make the team. Mm-hmm. And um, um, that summer going into my second year, I made it like I was I made it made up my mind that, you yeah. know, like I'm going to show people why they messed up for not le- putting me on that team, mm-hmm. you know. And so that was that was part of my motivation for sure. My yeah. second year in school. Yeah. You know, going back on that freshman year, um, like I said, mentioned 31 starts, which is not a very common thing for a freshman in the Big Ten to start over 30 games. Um, How was your mindset going into the season? Because obviously you just got off an injury. You're a freshman in the Big Ten. You know, what what were you kind of thinking, you know, as a player, but also like as a dude is like, hey, this is this is a grind, you know? Yeah. You know, honestly, man, like my mindset going in was like, I felt like I was good enough to be a starter. For sure. You know, um, Especially because, like, I wasn't even, like, when I had my original injury, they probably, they said, like, the doctor said I wouldn't be able to play until, like, December. Oh, wow. And that's, like, right around Big Ten play start. Yeah. And um, I think I was able to start in October. Wow. So, like, a couple months ahead of schedule. But ultimately, I felt like once I was able to practice fully and, you know, do stuff with the team, I was like, man, like, I can show why I can be a starter, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, some things contributed to that for sure. Like, we had some early injuries, you know, to some of our other bigs. Like, EC had yep. knee problems. And Mott's Stockman was hurt a little bit. Big Mott's. Yeah, fact. Shout out Mott's, man. <laughs> and um, so that contributed to it as well, you know, being kind of like having to be like you have to kind of play, yeah, yeah. you know. But, like, not only, with, not only with that, like, I felt mentally prepared. Like, I was ready to play as well. Yeah. Like, I was confident in my abilities. You seized that opportunity kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Like, I knew, like, if I was given the opportunity to play, that I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah. And so I think, like, what contributed to me being able to start over 30 games that's my freshman year was me showing that I, I belong. Yeah, for sure. And, and you yeah. definitely did. You know, you talk about a, a team that had a lot of, you know, a lot of success um, that freshman year. Actually, ironically enough, um, I don't know if you remember it, but I was, you guys did your, you know, your selection show. Um, you know, it was a bunch of Gopher fans. I was actually there that day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or not, but I was with one of my friends, dad is a regent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually there just kind of behind you guys in the team watching you on selection, you know, selection Sunday yeah. uh, with the team kind of take us through, 
a lot of people don't get to experience March Madness, man. You know, I've never gotten to experience. A lot of guys haven't. Kind of take us through that process and the excitement. And, you know, it's obviously one of the biggest events in all of sports, you know. So take us through through that. Man, you know, um, thinking back to it, man, it's kind of like a surreal moment, you know, because it's like, like you said, like it's a a big event Mm -hmm. in all the sports, not just basketball fans. Like, I feel like everybody at all ages. I remember doing brackets when I was in middle school, like, like tournament brackets and stuff like that, you know. And, you know, for some reason, it's so funny, you know, like, I feel like I'm a basketball fan. Mm -hmm. Like, I appreciate basketball players, like, all over, man, you know, like, I'm a fan of a lot of guys, you know, and and a memory, a young memory of March Madness that sticks out to me is uh, 2013. Um the run Trey Burke had in yeah. the tournament with Michigan, Michigan team for sure. Michigan team. I think that also contributed to me wanting to play in the big 10 as well. Wow. Just watching guys like that all throughout that year. And you know, that, that when I always think about March Madness, I don't know why that memory sticks out to me. Um, and that day for selection day for my, for with me and my team here at the U, um, that was playing through my head the whole time. Like, man, like it'd be so dope to just be able to experience this, um, yeah. you know, and hearing our name, hearing our, you know, school called and mm-hmm. what seed we are and a whole bunch of stuff, you know, really like contributed to like the happiness that I felt that day with my brothers, you know, yeah, you know, know, like we get another opportunity to go at it, you know, together again. And so, um, now this time it's like a leveled playing field, because yeah. if you really think about it, like when you go into the tournament, it doesn't matter really what seed you are, because we've seen teams that are the last seed in the tournament beat the first team, yeah. for, first uh, seeded team. You know we've seen teams that are ten seed, eight seed, yeah. nine seed upset make runs. central man, upset sure. central. You know you know like so I, when my mindset was like now it's a level playing field, like yeah. it don't matter. Like we might we're gonna play teams that we. We probably haven't played all year. It's one game, one one loser go home, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I felt like I liked our chances a lot. You know, unfortunately, it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. But mm-hmm. I think um, overall, man, that's an experience of a lifetime, you know? Like, and like you said, a lot of people don't get to experience that, you know? But yeah. by the grace of God, I was fortunate enough to be able to experience that with some good guys. Yeah, and, you know, obviously a great team and a great year. You know, definitely a, a year that go for fans you know, we'll remember and, you know, for a long time, you know, a really solid team. You know, we mentioned you, you know, being off that all, you know, Big Ten freshman list, um, you actually turned around your sophomore year, you were named to, you know, all Big Ten second team, uh, Big Ten defensive all team selection, you averaged 20.1 points, 11.3 rebounds, 2.5 blocks. What was, what was the biggest part of that summer that allowed you to take that next step into your game, you know? Man, I think definitely a couple of things, you know, I, I always, um, like we talked about Coach Feldy earlier, mm-hmm. you know, I added more strength that year, that summer. Um, and then um, working on me being a floor spacer, you yeah. know, being able to shoot the three ball, I think that's what contributed to it a lot, you know, because I felt like I already I had good skill off with the ball too. Like I was able to take guys off the dribble, you know, drive to the basket, you know, play in the elbow area a lot, you know, shoot the mid-range jump shot, you know. And so I think, one thing that goes under radar, one I think one thing that flies under the radar is confidence. For sure, you know a lot of players um, don't have the confidence to you know do certain things on the floor. You know, and I can there could be a lot of things contributing to that. You know, maybe you're scared of your coach taking you out, or like 
you missing a shot. You know, at the end of the day, nobody's ever going to go 25 for 25 for the field. Never. So you got it. Like, in my mind, I was like, if I start shooting threes this upcoming season, like, I have to be okay with one that I miss. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so I think that's what helped me, like, understanding that I'm not going to make them all. Yeah. But um, if I can show that I can space the floor at a high level, that'll open up my game completely. Yeah, it takes your game to a new level. Um, where, Where'd you find that confidence? Is it something you just looked within? You're like, hey, let's let's do this thing? Or was it, you know? It was... A little bit of that. And then also just my teammates, you yeah. know, that whole summer, like, in practice, my coaches, like, mm-hmm. we would do, when we would play five on five and um, do stuff as a team, like, I was always shooting, knocking down threes, yep. you know, and my teammates are like, you know, they keep were shooting that much. Keep shooting it. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can do it. Like, yeah. don't hold it back. You know, and my my head coach, Coach Patino at the time, you know, like he he really encouraged me to, you know, by all means, bro, take like take it. Take it you For know, sure. like at the end of the day, like um my staff and my teammates kinda enabled me and gave me that confidence of like, like we know what you can do, like just yeah. go out there and play your game. Yeah, no, it's such a beautiful thing too when you you know you're a part of, and that's what makes team sports so fun. You know, right. you're a part of a, a team um, that allows you to be the best version of yourself. You know, and yeah. you know you were a guy in high school who you know was so dominant down low that you know you didn't really have to space it. Yeah, but then right. you know when you take it to your next level, it's like okay, I'm planning on going to the league. You know, mm-hmm. what what am I going to have to do as a six ten, you know, six eleven guy? that needs to stretch the floor, you know, and and you find, and you find confidence from your teammates and that makes it, you know, even better. We talk about the year you had with, you know, 20 and 20 and 11, 20 and 12. Um, what point in that season did you know that this was the last year and I'm headed to the NBA draft? Was it, you know, during the season, was it postseason? kind of, kind of when did that click in your head? It was, I definitely think it was, um, you know, like, you know, as you go out through the year, you hear like a bunch of like, like you hear things, you see things, you all see the rumblings, all the rumblings, and all that, stuff yeah. like that, you know. And I never let any of that really get to my head, you know. Good. Um, I would definitely say, like, I don't think I don't think I ever talked about this with anybody, but I would definitely say the moment where I felt like it was time for me to leave, you know, was um after the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. You know, I went home, you know, because was that, this when COVID? This is when COVID yeah, hit, yeah, yeah. and so COVID shut down. Um. Um, the season, and I ended up, you know, I was home for a while, you know, I was training, yeah. um, just working out. I just felt like, you know, like, I felt like this is the best opportunity for me to, you know, to really start my journey of being a professional yeah. basketball player. Yeah. You know, um, obviously making the NBA is a goal, but it's not the end goal. Mm-hmm. It's not what you want in the end. You want to play in the league. Yeah. You want to be able to play this game to your 35, 40. Yeah, like Brian, man. Like Brian, for real, yeah. man. He's special. For sure. And so um, um, I would definitely say around that time, you know, being home, understanding that, like, man, like, being confident in myself and just, like, I could take this next jump, For you sure. know, and not um, wanting to, you know, make a decision where it's like, man, I should have did this instead, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't want to live my life with any regrets. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was like, man, you know, like, forget it, like, I'm gonna leave, you yeah. know, just because I felt like I had a great year, yeah, you know, a good enough year to get get my name called. For sure, you know what I'm saying. You don't the with COVID and how how I was looking at that time, bro. The uncertainty was too. Yeah. It was too. Uh, it was certain. So many things are too uncertain. Yeah, like I wasn't. There's nothing was for sure. So yeah. I was like, 
I know one thing for sure is the NBA draft. Yeah. And the NBA is going to be there for sure. No doubt. So I was like, you know, you didn't, I didn't know, like, there were so many talks of, like, the upcoming season being canceled. Yeah. and Because they were preparing to cancel the football season, you know, season. all that. You know, yeah, so it's like, so what's going to happen? Like, man, like, I'm not trying to have, like, because, like, you know, teams, you know, in the league, like, it's like the year. I don't want there to be a year where I didn't play ball. Yeah. You know? For sure. And the NBA is not going to shut down. You know, yeah, NBA is going to run whatever they got to run. They'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. Because it's a lot of money going to Way too league. much money. Yeah, way too much money. You know, you talk about, you know, making that decision. Obviously, you know, it's a tough one. You know, you're, you're yeah. you, nobody. I don't think anybody that's a true professional, you know, has any like animosity towards their school it's like i gotta leave and i gotta go mm-hmm. to, you know it's like i, I gotta leave because i gotta start my professional career you know yeah. i gotta i gotta make this decision for my career i always uh, wanted to be a pro so yeah, like for sure after that second year i was like man like it's my best college year you know i'll definitely declare it for sure yeah you know and i heard great feedback from teams as well like i yeah. you know when you when you declare there's like a test or like there's like there's like you you can get feedback from teams mm-hmm. on where they think you'll end up in a draft or whatever. Yeah. You know, I got really good feedback, and I literally went in the air. Like, I was 33rd pick, but that was in a spot, like, that teams are like, this is where we see you getting picked at. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, throughout that year, you talk about the rumblings. Like, you were at, like, on the edge of lottery, and you were, you know, up there yeah. in the picks. And it's like, that's, you know, it's definitely in the back of your brain a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, as you're going through that process. You end up, you end up being selected as the 33rd pick in the 2020 NBA draft by the Minnesota Timberwolves, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, you became the first University of Minnesota player to be drafted since Chris Humphreys in 2004. You were subsequently then traded to the Clippers. Um, kind of take us through that crazy process. Like, hey, I'm going to stay home, but yeah. dang, now I'll go to, I'm going to LA, but like, hey, it's LA. So, like, that's cool too. You know, yeah, fact. take us through those emotions. Shit, so basically, like, uh, like, draft night, you know, like, once they announced the pick, whatever, like, my agent, they call, like, I think you get a call before, For like, sure. my agent called me before, was like, this is where you're going right here, but he already told me that I wasn't staying there, and that I was ending up in L.A., yeah. and so, like, I knew I was going to L.A., but the idea of me being able to stay home again that would have been extraordinary, no yeah, cat. That's a crazy you story. Know, that would have been dope, for yeah. sure. And so, um, you know, it was exciting, for sure. It was an exciting moment, for sure, you know. And then, the uh, like, you know, like I said earlier, my boy, Amir, plays for the Clippers. Yep. He was already out there, you know. And so I was like, man, like, I'm about awesome. to be teammates with my boy again. For sure. Out in L.A. Like, I think I've probably been to L.A. maybe mm-hmm. one time before that. You know, I think uh, I went to uh, Kobe Bryant's uh, training facility. Out in a thousand oaks, so that technically even is in LA, yeah, but yeah, um, it was dope, man. You know, just the idea of like I get to live in Los Angeles, California, and play for the Clippers and play in Staples Center and yeah. be teammates with my boy, be teammates with Kawhi, Kawhi Paul PG. George. What about that, man? Is that yeah. how, how is, is that intimidating? Is it exciting? Like, what emotions are going through, like knowing you're gonna go play with two Hall of Famers? It was cool as hell, you know. Yeah. It was exciting for sure, you know, just seeing them type of guys and seeing what they did each and every day and what yeah. made them so great, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I had a lot of good team. I played with some of the I played with so many guys my my rookie year that I was like, man, like I never like never thought about being on a team with you, like Bookie Cousins, Rondo, Pat Bev, Mook Morris. Um, it's just a crazy just list a crazy, of names. Crazy list of names. Champions, so, NBA champions. Some, some sure. guys are NBA champions, yeah. you know, and so like. 
it was an it was an it was an unreal experience for sure. You know, being able to be in that type of atmosphere and environment. Yeah, a lot of rookies talk about the learning process of you know learning your NBA routine. You know, you're you don't got to go to school anymore, so you got to you know figure out I'm going to do this at this time. You know, yeah. J, JJ Redick talks a lot about on his podcast about like you don't have to like there isn't you don't have to work. Like you don't have to do more, but it's just like you got to prioritize your time, and you got to because you're out. You know, you've always been a professional. The way you approached your workouts, you know, yeah. obviously it's why you got to that level. But prioritizing your time was there. Was there a moment that you took from you know any of those guys, or a moment, or you know a memory that made you realize like, hey, this is what it takes to to be in the league. You know. Yeah, you know, I definitely think you know being a routine is what's needed. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you don't go to school anymore. Yeah, and it's just like. For me, I was living out there on my own for a little while, mm-hmm. and then um, so figuring out like what you have going on each and every day. You know, obviously they have a time slot for practice and lifts and stuff like that, but like, it's like, what are you doing before? What are you doing after? You know, and just making sure that you're getting your work in mm-hmm. is what's really important. You know, trying to better like trying to better yourself each and every day. Yeah. You know, that's what's really important. I feel like. Uh, the grind never stops, you know, like, it don't matter if you're not playing at all, if you're playing, you know, the guys, you know, are doing something each and every day to be better for the next day. For sure. Yeah, Yeah. and you talk about, you know, that that list of guys, you know, that, you know, are on the roster, NBA vets. Um, You eventually got to play in 30 games with the Clippers. Um, Do you have a welcome to the NBA moment? Do you have a moment where, like, damn, these guys are good? Yeah, you know, is there a specific moment, or is it more of just like a? It, I feel like my moment was more of like the whole year in general. Yeah, like yeah. it just like because even though I played in thirty games, I don't think I played any real, real meaningful minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, I would definitely say like my like the first time like my first preseason game was versus the Lakers. Yeah. And um, in Staples Center, um, like is it a Lakers home game or a Clippers home game? It's a Lakers home game. Okay. okay. And so, um, in Staples Center, you know, like, once you drive down the ramp to park your car and you go through security, like, you walk in towards, like, the locker room areas. And so, like, the the Lakers locker room, the LA Kings, and then the Clippers locker room. So, you have your own, you, you get to sit in your home locker room, even though you're away gaming. Yeah. Okay. I, I've yeah. always been curious about that, yeah, what, what fact, they do there. They literally, it's like, the, like this would be the Lakers. Mm-hmm. This would be the Kings, yep. and then that last one, BRs. They're okay. all literally in the same hall. And so there's a hallway right by the Lakers locker room that you need to take up. Mm-hmm. You go upstairs to get food. Okay. And so uh, I'm walking that hallway. I go get food, whatever. I'm walking back down to the locker room. This is the first time I've ever seen LeBron. Wow. Ever. Wow. I walk right by him. I ain't say anything, Damn. but I wish I did. But <laughs> i seen it. I'm like, man, like this is like that guy yeah you know like and i met kobe bryant you know when i was younger in high school and that was the most surreal moment to me ever i believe it because he's my favorite player all the time Mm -hmm. but um lebron just seen the you know the guys face of the league Mm -hmm. um and you're in a a hallway and you're you're a competitor you know you're you're the same like yeah obviously he's braun and he's you know the goat and but like dude i'm in the league too like we we about to play against each other you know what i'm saying you know so like in that in that time period, it's like I gotta. That's why I I think that's why I didn't say anything. Just cause it's like we, we about to play here yeah, and say like face. our teams are about to play. Just mm-hmm. walk by, act like I've been here before, you yeah. know. But you know, I think that moment was so dope because 
then that was like the moment in my mind. I told my mom about it. Like I called yeah. my mom. Like, man, mom, I just seen. I just walked by, bro. Yeah, a cat. <laughs> and so I think that just that moment was a more of like, wow, like you're really here, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, for do sure. Do it for yourself and do it for your fam. For sure. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's a that's a special moment. You know, obviously, I people that know me know that I'm like the biggest LeBron fan in the world. And so, like, you know, that moment would have been. I wouldn't. I don't even know. I don't know if I'd be able to. Like, I'd be, like collapse in that hallway. You know, I'd be like, I'd be it trying to put crazy, on that bro. tough guy face, but like, it's, it's crazy. It's LeBron James. So it's. Like, is it true that he walks around with like two personal bodyguards at all times? Is it? Uh, is that cap? I, I don't really know as far as that. Yeah, he was he was, was probably I think one other guy, yeah, or like a team representative. Yeah, or gotcha, something. gotcha. Yeah. Well, you, you end up um, being traded to the Grizzlies August sixteenth yeah. of twenty twenty one. Um, they eventually waive you, and then you were signed by the Bulls. Waved again, you joined the Windy City Bulls. The, the NBA is, I mean, it's a it's a business. It's a, yeah. it's a it's a cruel world out there. Kind of take us through that process, you know, being. You know, you go from L.A. to Memphis to Chicago. Like, how how does that affect one, you know, physically, but also, you know, mentally as a hooper? You know, I definitely won't lie. It sucked for sure. Yeah. You know, it's was, it was very disappointing, you know, because I didn't I didn't feel like I got a I didn't I felt like I just never had the real chance to really show what I could really do. Yeah. For the clips, you know, but. As time went on, I finally, I eventually got over it, you know, and shit to my focus, you know, just... You have to. Yeah, just getting better. And so, I ended up in Chicago, ended up getting waived by the Bulls and signing with the, um, the Windy City Bulls under Exhibit 10. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, these last couple of years with the Windy City team has been definitely interesting, but, you know, definitely, I think, a learning curve that I needed to go over. For sure. Just because, like... There was a lot of things in my game, and, and not even just basketball related, but just outside of basketball that I needed to hone in on yeah. and get better at, you know. And I think, you know, being in Windy City has really taught me a lot, you know, about really understanding what the grind is, mm-hmm. you know. Like, you know, there's guys in the G that have been in the G for five, six years, yeah. grinding just for literally a 10-day trying to get, Trying to get three, one, two, three NBA games. You know, yeah, try to literally prove trying to prove themselves. Yeah. So, like. When you think about when outside, but people outside of basketball that don't really understand like what the G League is like, mm-hmm. like, like the G League is tough. Whew, there's some hoopers in the G League. Man, man, the G League. I think the G League is insane, low key. Yeah, it is. You know, you don't get paid as much money as NBA guys for sure, but you know, ultimately, like, there's some really good guys. Like some my hoopers. team in particular, like the G League leading scorers in my team, yeah. Carly Jones, and yeah. oh, he's tough. Man. He's he's insane. Point guard, just great overall basketball player. Can yeah. shoot it, mm-hmm. can take you off the dribble, can finish at the rim. Yeah, plays hard. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, no, it's so, so much talent. And I, yeah. you know, I played against a, a name Trevor Hudgens. I don't know if you know the name. He's with the with the Rockets G League. Oh, no, he's insane too. Yeah. yeah, he's really good too. Yeah, he ended our he ended my career at Northern in the Sweet Sixteen with just a nasty combo move three at the buzzer. Um, I was standing under the hoop and I just saw it go in. I'm like, shit. Man. The moment he hit that, I'm like, yeah, that dude's gonna be, you know, a leaguer for sure. For you sure. Know, I was watching him last night. He hit a couple threes against the Thunder in the Rockets game. But you know, you just talk about dudes that are just like waiting for that opportunity. It's a grind. Everybody sure. down there is trying to like the thing about it that makes it so difficult is everybody in the G all have the same goal and it's exactly. to make a roster, to make a team. Mm-hmm. And so like it's amplified even more when when guys are thrust into a spot where it's like you're playing in a gym that got maybe 15 people in it in yeah. the middle of like Fort Wayne, Indiana yeah. or something like that, yeah. you know, or like you're, you know, 
um, you're just you're just in a position where like you have to you have to really exert yourself. Yeah. If this is really what you want to do, you have to exert yourself. You gotta be ten toes. You, you gotta, gotta be ten toes. You gotta be sure. solid, man. Sure. You know, because end of the day, bro, everybody's coming for what you want. Yeah. And um, and not only that, it, there's benefits from you know you know like you're playing for access to the NBA team. Yeah. You're playing for teams that are looking at you overseas. Yeah. You know, just in general, it's a whole culmination of things. But, like, I think as the years will go on, I think people will start understanding more and more about the G League and understand sure. that, like, this is real basketball. And this is, like, this is some serious shit right here. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and you know, it's on ESPN Plus a lot, too. So if yeah. anybody's listening, you get a second, like, turn that thing on. You just, yeah. It's just hoops. See some it's, great basketball. it's more hoops. It's just more hoops. More hoops. Yeah. You see great players, you yeah, know, guys. Sure. You know, like, guys, like, you, you hear guys, like, all the time, Fred Van Fleet, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of guys and players that are solidified names in the NBA sure. all had to go through that G League grind yeah. as well. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about, you know, going through that grind and just, you know, continuing to be, you know, blessed in the position that you're in. Um, you know, obviously, you're going to have a lot more basketball in your future. Do, do you have any plans when, when when those, you know, the ball stops bouncing? Do you have anything like, hey, I want to do this. I want to, you know, you know, is there any plans for your future? Or are you kind of more living in the moment and just, you know, trying to get better every single day now? Man, I think for right now, I'm just really living in the moment, yeah. you know, just understand like i'm only 23 yeah you're yeah you're younger yeah, you're younger than me man yeah. you're younger than me and so uh you know just um understanding that you know like i'm trying to take it day by day yeah. you know it's a process just like i say a process yeah. you know i'm just trying to be better than i was the day before you know each and every day mm-hmm. you know and just ultimately you know i feel like as time goes on i'll continue to try to figure it out yeah. figure out what i would want to do outside of basketball when yeah. i'm done playing you know, but ultimately, I'm just trying to enjoy it all. Yeah. You know, like, you only get to do this one time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God has blessed me, fortunately enough, you know, to be in a position where I can do this for yeah. a living, you know. Um, we talk about it all the time in the locker room. Like, it's the best job in the world. Yeah, no you doubt. know, we get to play a children's game for free, uh, yeah. for money. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, not a lot of people have that experience or the opportunities to do that, you know. Yeah, for and sure. And it makes you... It makes me, like, you know, even more grateful because, you know, so many people would dream to be in a position like I am in yeah. and many other players are in, you know. And so it makes you never want to take it for granted. You know, you want to appreciate each and every moment. Yeah, yeah, there's so much there's so much beauty and there's so much truth in that statement right there. Um, you know, last question wrapping up. This last question is sponsored by Northern Chill. Uh, we talked about... You know, injury, we talked about adversity, um, you know, different different things that you've learned through injuries and, you know, adversity in the league. Uh, what advice would you give to the 12-year-old version of Daniel Oturu, you know, going through injury, going through adversity, whether it's, you know, whether it's injury or whether it's something in your personal, mental life? Like, what kind of advice would you give, uh, you know, a young version of yourself that you know now but that you didn't know back then? Man, stay locked in. Yeah. You know, there's going to be hella bumps in the road. There's still going to be more bumps in the future, you know, but ultimately at the end of the day, just stay locked. You know, I think that's one thing that has helped me, you know, and just overcome a lot of things that I've gone through in my career yeah. so far. My short career has only been things my 30 years of pro. Yeah. But um, understanding that, you know, being able understanding that you have to control what you can control. Yeah. And that's your constant effort, the way you approach practice and energy that you bring we control those things that's all you should be focusing on yeah. you know because everything else is outside your control i love it 
And so that's what I would definitely give myself, my younger self advice. Yeah. To anybody else that's younger out there listening, you know, just, you know, like you have a dream, stick with it, push for it, you mm-hmm. know, just stay locked. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, me personally, when I'm done playing, regardless of how my career plays out, I'll be, I'll be satisfied with how my career plays out, knowing that I gave it, gave it everything that I had. For sure. You know, I'd rather, you know, that's one thing that I'm learning now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'd rather give it all I got. Yeah. And if I still come up short, you know, regardless in that whatever area, I'm fine with it. You know, because I tried my hardest. It's all you can control. Yeah, you don't want to sit there and have any regrets or be like, damn, I should have, I should did this better. Or yeah. I could have did this better and I was tweaking. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's great advice. That's great advice, Dan. We appreciate you coming on the pod. You've been an awesome guest. Uh, make sure you guys turn those notifications on. You get ready for the pod coming on Friday and every Friday. You know, Dan, we appreciate you coming on, taking your time to to meet with me here and you know talk a little bit about about your life and your career. Nah, man, I appreciate you having me on sure it's been dope yes sir it's been parker fox and daniel atura with the double down podcast and we're out